Hi, I'm Daniel, and you're listening to Time in the Word on Faith FM. I'm here with my friend Caitlin today, and we're at the Seventh-day Adventist Big Camp at Devonport in Tasmania. How are you going today, Caitlin? I'm doing well, thanks. How about you? Oh, that's great. I'm really cool, and I'm really happy to be studying the Word with you today. Would you mind saying a little bit of a prayer for us before we get into the Word today? Sure. Uh, Dear Lord, thank you for this lovely day that you've given us. Please help us to um, study your word and help it to impact our lives. Amen. Amen. Uh, Today we're going to be studying Matthew chapter 5 and verse 17 to 20. And I'm wondering, Caitlin, if you might be able to read to us the first verse there, verse 17. Sure. Uh, I'm reading from the New King James Version and it says, Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Wow, that's awesome. What do you think Jesus was really trying to say there? I think he's trying to say here that he didn't come to um, get rid of the law or to replace the law, but he more came to uphold it and make an example of how we should live our lives by fulfilling the previous laws that they'd have. Yeah, that's so cool because I'm just looking at it and, you know, sometimes you hear that today in churches and so forth that Jesus came to do away with the law, but he so clearly says that he didn't, doesn't he? I'm going to read on verse 18 as well, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says, I tell you the truth. Until heaven and earth disappear, not even the smallest detail of God's law will disappear until its purpose is achieved. What does that say in your version? Because, I don't know, that's a little different to ones I've read before. Um, Mine says, For assuredly I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass away, not one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. That's pretty funny, jot and tittle. In Greek, that's something like uh, crossing a T or or dotting an I. All is fulfilled. What do you think he's talking about there? I think it's talking about how, again, like the first one, verse 17, how we have to uphold the law and make sure that we fulfill it because that's what Jesus did and we're supposed to mirror our lives after Jesus. Yeah, that's so awesome. Hey, I think it's James that compared the law to a uh, to a mirror. Sometimes when you look into a mirror, you can see all sorts of things that are wrong with your life and see that maybe your face is dirty or whatever. It's so cool. Like when you uh, look into a mirror and you see that your face is dirty, It's awesome to me that the mirror isn't actually the solution. It tells you what's wrong with you, but it doesn't actually fix anything. You know, you've got to go to water to wash that dirt off your face. And it's sort of like that. God's law points out all sorts of problems in our lives, and we go to the blood of Jesus to be cleansed. Anyway, you want to read verse 19 for us? Sure. Verse 19 says, Whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Man, that's a a little bit strange, isn't it, that verse? Yeah. So is there people that are partly great in the kingdom of heaven and partly small? I don't know. That's uh, a really interesting verse, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's referring to how when you teach other people about God and His laws and stuff, you're supposed to teach them everything, not just the little bits that you glean as being the important ones. You're supposed to teach them about every bit of it, I guess. Yeah. Sometimes we're, we're really good at cherry-picking when it comes to God's requirements for our lives. Hey, like So often I'm reading the Scripture, and as I'm reading it, I sort of see what's wrong with everyone else's life as I read it. And uh, it's easier for me to sort of gloss over the stuff that's talking about me. And uh, I just think that as human beings, sometimes we're really good at justifying our own behavior. Has that been your experience at all? Yeah, I agree with you. I tend to... Actually, mine's probably different. I tend to pick out the things that are wrong with me and not see them in other people. So... I guess, like, um, that's sort of funny and it points out sort of two counterfeits that happen in the Christian life, hey? Like, one it is like just really being really hard on yourself and just hammering yourself and being really forgiving with everyone else. 
and really unforgiving with yourself. And on the other side, just that sort of liberal nature of everyone else has got a problem and I'm fine, you know, that kind of hypocrisy. And those are two kind of pathways that Christians, I believe, have to be really careful of. I used to struggle heaps with uh, with forgiving myself actually too. Like I could sort of believe that God would forgive me. I could accept other people's forgiveness, but I couldn't forgive myself when something really went south. Yeah, I don't always know the answer to that. Has that been a struggle for you at all? Yeah, 100%. Uh, it's something that a lot of people have tried to help me with. But I think it's something I need to figure out myself more. Yeah, thanks, Caitlin. Yeah, I um sometimes I, I cling to that verse in First John, you know, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just. And he'll forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And uh, I know it's talking about God, but think about Jesus. And you sort of think about him on the cross. And you think about the fact that he sort of came down here into this world and, and did all that. And, and he did it just for me, just for you. Like if I was the only sinner ever born, if you were the only sinner ever born, it would have been just for me. And if it was for just one sin, he would have done it all. And you sort of go, it's a little bit petty when Jesus did all of that to cleanse me of that one thing for me to continue to bash myself up over and over again over it, hey? Yeah, that's true. Anyway, that's my experience anyway, yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, how would you like to read verse 20 for us? For I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Do you want to tell us what that means? <laughs> yeah, man, I mean, well, look, you know, my job's a pastor and I don't know, I know it's not exactly one for one, but Sometimes, you know, those are the guys that taught the Bible and stuff, I guess, in Jesus' day, hey. So, I don't know, this is really convicting to me. Like, if you want to get to heaven, you've got to be better than me. <laughs> like, is that, what, is that what Jesus is saying? I mean, I don't know. To me, it's saying you can't put yourself above other people because, or you can't point out the little things that are wrong with other people's lives because you're not perfect yourself. That's part of human nature is that we can't be perfect but we can try our hardest to be like Christ in that he was perfect. And even though that's unobtainable for us, we can always do our best and know that God's going to forgive us when we confess our sins to him. Yeah, that's so cool, man. That's really profound. I, um, I'm just thinking of a couple of verses, like there's none righteous, not even one, you know, and, and that sort of thing. And I guess some of what the Pharisees were doing, and, and I guess sometimes what pastors and other religious leaders do today is they sort of set himself up as being more righteous than other people. And so it's natural, I suppose, to look to your leaders as, as an example, but at the same time, understand that they're human. And, and for a lot, of, a lot of times when people kind of make themselves self-righteous, they're sort of like, they've usually got a spiritual problem. And so Jesus said, you've got to be better than those guys. In actual fact, one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible is John 3.16. Do you know that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah I know that one. Okay, I'm going to ask you to recite it for me. Go, go right. for it. Yeah. I meant a blank. <laughs> yeah, that happens, right? Yeah. Oh, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That's really cool. That's Yeah, that's like one of my favorite ones in the whole Bible. And, and yeah, you're nodding and laughing. You know, I'll tell you a funny story before we talk about that. One day they asked me to get up and say the Lord's Prayer in this like packed out church service. And I was like, yeah, no worries, I'll do that. No problem. And I got up and, uh, you know, I just had this total blank. And I was like, everyone's looking at me like, it's the Lord's Prayer. Do you not know that? And I couldn't even think of the first word. But yeah, that happens. It's funny. Yeah. It's good to know I'm not alone. <laughs> yeah, but it's sort of like this kind of divine exchange that happens there, eh? Like, God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes should not perish, but have eternal life. So, you're swapping 
all of your unrighteousness for all of God's righteousness. Actually, Paul had a word for that. He called it righteousness by faith, where we actually put our faith in Jesus, you know, everyone who believes in him. And instead of looking at all of our sin, God actually looks down and sees all of Jesus' righteousness. And he looks down and you think, you you know, think about God looking at you sometimes, you think, wow, I can see that my life is open and all of my secret evil is there. But no, if you've made a decision to follow Jesus, God is looking down on you and what he can see is his beloved son in whom he's well pleased. And uh, and I, I believe that it's in that way that we can exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees, not because we're good, but because he's good, hey? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's kind of the way I see it. And uh, I just love what Jesus has done here with this passage. And uh, he really seems to be just really hammering. I, I can't get over the fact that he's so... He seems so big on the law. I don't know. A lot of Christians don't seem to really uh, to really care much about that. Has that been your sort of experience? Or? Yeah, and no, I see what you mean. A lot of them tend to think that Jesus didn't come to fulfill the law, but instead he did away with it. And therefore, we just need to follow the ones in the New Testament, like love your neighbor and the golden rule and all that sort of stuff. When in reality, there's all the other ones that Jesus upheld himself that we should be using as an example as to how we should live our lives. Yeah, and that's really cool. And it, it, like, as I said before, some people, I guess, think that we're supposed to be saved by doing that, you know, saved by keeping those commandments. But that's not really how the Bible puts it. The Bible sort of says we're saved by believing in Jesus. But Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And that's the difference. Sort of like just next to the campground where we're at at the moment, there's this great little place where horses and buggies train. Have you ever seen them going around? Yeah, I've seen them going around quite a few times. Yeah, but just imagine if that buggy was going first trying to drag that horse along, you know, it just wouldn't work, would it? No. That's what it would be like trying to get to heaven by keeping the commandments because we know that we can't get there like that. But we put our faith in Jesus. He washes us and he gives us power and his Holy Spirit. And suddenly it's all we want is to obey his law. Well, we're getting towards the end of our time. I've really, really enjoyed studying this scripture with you. It's been powerful. Thanks for your time, Caitlin. Oh, you're very welcome. Yeah, You wouldn't be able to close with prayer again for us, would you? Sure. Dear Lord, thank you that we had this time to um, look at your word and learn a little bit more about you and how we should live our lives or try to live our lives. Please bless us and thank you for loving us. Amen. Amen. Well, you've been listening to uh, Daniel and Caitlin today, and this has been Time in the Word on Faith FM. Thanks for listening.